Welcome to another episode of Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve. With me today is David. Uh, I know it's been a while since we've actually posted up an episode of the DNA, and it wasn't DNA TPK. Uh, holidays, snow, uh, family events, it, it's it's been pretty hectic. Um, but I do have David here with me, which I know everybody enjoys listening to you and hearing all your nerd knowledge. I actually do. I really do. I get a lot of compliments on that. They're like, wow, David knows so much. I'm I don't like, know about yeah. that. <laughs> okay. You, you know a lot about the stuff you know of. Well, and... I try. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks for having me on again. I appreciate that. Hey, no. Appreciate it. Um, so, it, it you know, it, it has been a little bit since we've done an actual DNA episode. So, what have you been up to, good sir? Um, Well, just trying to get through the pandemic. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to report that, you know, I, I don't know if this is the new... I'm vegan or I do CrossFit, but I got my COVID vaccines. So Me too. Me too. Awesome. Awesome. Team Moderna here. Uh, and so uh, my wife did as well. And so over, over spring break for my granddaughter, we went down to uh, Disney World. We, we spent a week. Well, we spent three days in the parks. I got to go to Galaxy's Edge, which was the highlight of all that. So I don't know. I don't know if you've been since. To, since I haven't. Opened. I haven't. I want to go. go. Oh, my go. God. And because this is my new toy. This is my lightsaber that you can make at the Savvy's Workshop Experience. <laughs> and they have this. It's a whole little. You know, have you been to Universal by any chance? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, you know, at Universal at Harry Potter World, they have that Ollivander's wand experience, you know, where mm. they take 20 people into a room and then one of them is picked and the wand picks one of them, blah, blah, blah. Well, they have this whole experience where you can, uh, for a fee, of course, you can build your own lightsaber and, and they give you a box of parts. They give you a, a core, a box of parts. You pick out your crystal, and then you assemble your lightsaber. And they have a whole little thing. Uh, uh, it takes about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, um, but it's just fabulous. It's just this wonderful immersive experience. Um, everything they've got there at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, you know, now they, you know, the Disney parks because they have social distancing going on. Mm. Uh, they have. For my money, it was the safest place in terms of mass compliance and social distancing mm. because the Disney cast members are very assertive about telling people to put their mask on or put it on properly or if you know, you're just walking around. because And people do it. People do mm. it because no one wants to pay $140 a day for a park ticket and get kicked out at 1030 in the morning because they, they refuse <laughs> to wear a mask. And then all the ride queues have they have these green marks on the ground that says, please wait here. And you're supposed to wait at your mark until the next mark clears up. And they've got those set up for all the rides. Um, and they're also operating at a reduced capacity. So uh, so the parks are, are if you can get in, if you can get a ticket, uh, are, are seem very safe. Uh, yeah. In terms of, again, social distance and, and mask wearing. But the Galaxy's Edge. You know, they have they have the lights, the Sabi's workshop, which is the lightsaber experience. They have a, a workshop where you can build a droid. Um, yeah, Did you, can, you do that? I didn't do that. I, I, I spent all my money buying a lightsaber for myself and for my granddaughter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what are they like? What is it? A uh, one hundred and thirty dollars for the lightsabers? The, the the ones, the 
the ones that you buy, you can buy the ones for from the from any of the characters in the movie. You can buy the the Ray's rebuilt lightsaber after um, after Last Jedi. You can buy Luke's lightsaber. You can buy Mace Windu's or any of those. Those are one thirty, and those are basically Force FX lightsabers with a removable blade. Okay. Um, the Sabi's Workshop uh, lightsaber. When we were there, because you're also paying for an experience, mm-hmm. was uh, one ninety nine a piece. Okay, all right. So, I knew like it was I, up there. I just couldn't right. remember. So like they give you a, a plastic core with the electronics in it. And then you have one of two emitters to pick from. You have four main body pieces to pick from. You pick two, you pick a, a the hilt or the, uh, the activation and then you, you pick a pommel. And yeah. so you get this box of parts and you just, you put them together how you like it. Uh, and then they have a whole little thing that there's a story behind it, that the, there are some gatherers that are wandering around picking up lightsaber pieces and, and that's how you build them. And like I said, you, there are four basic templates that you can choose from. Uh, it's just this nice little experience. And then you get to carry around this lightsaber all day in the parks. Um, Was it worth it? It's, so you have, you're, you're the perfect person to ask this because you have a ton of lightsabers of yes. all size and manner and value. For $200, considering there's an experience in it, was it worth it for you? It was it worth the value of that lightsaber? It was to me. Okay. It was, and, and I'll also tell you that um, I've heard that since then, like as of this past Monday, the price went up to two nineteen. So the price went up ten percent. Um, I know, but it's it's. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll end up paying it. I already know. Sure. Like my wife sure. doesn't know it yet, but. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, just that's, just uh, by comparison, that. Uh, this is another one of my lightsabers. This is a Ultra Sabers Manticore. I, yeah. You know, I, I know on the podcast you can't see it, but it is the the Sabi's uh, Workshop lightsaber is yeah. basically the same size. It actually has a little more heft to it than the Ultra Sabers does. Um, now, I would not do anything that involves. I would swing this around because it makes noise. It'll it'll flash and it makes noise when you hit something with it. But I would not fight with it. Okay. Um, I would not buy it as a dueling lightsaber. If you want to buy a dueling lightsaber, I would buy inexpensively. I would either buy a, a Ultra Sabers or a Saber Forge or go to the custom lightsaber shop.com and you can build your own. Those yeah. are the ones you want to fight with because the blades on these are kind of flimsy. Even in the socket, they, they have a little bit of wobble to them. They have the LEDs up and down them. They look really good, especially indoors. But if you fight with them, you're going to break break, uh, break LEDs and you have blank spots in the in the blade. Um, I don't know that I would do this experience again for because I've already done it for 200, you know, 200 bucks, mm-hmm. um, you know. But for my money, I I had I enjoyed the experience. I, I you know, I'm going through this and you just I just had a smile on my face for the whole thing. It was nice. it was just wonderful. And then at the end of it. So you assemble your lightsaber. And as part of this, you know, that. You, you put the blade on, and then as you're walking out, they give you a they give you a carrying case. Wow! And so, it's gotta, so, so you guys gotta, can't see this, and maybe I'll actually have. To, can I take a screenshot? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll try to do. Well, I'm going to see if I can't do a screenshot real quick. Uh, I think I got it. Cool. Um, that's pretty cool. So it's a just like a nice like the best thing I like a pool cue like yes. case is the best thing you would put. That's actually not bad. And I yeah. mean, considering you get that to carry it around in, that's actually yeah, pretty smart. So you don't have to walk around with it in your hand. 
Right, and you know, you're some a lot of people are going to be taking these on the airplane. It's um, it uh, oh, <laughs> it's uh, 48 inches from front to back. Uh, it's got a carry strap on it, and of course, as you're walking out, they hand one to you. And my granddaughter says, "Is that free?" And of course, nothing <laughs> in Disney is free; it's included. So, That's but um. <laughs> kudos then, to your granddaughter by the way that's smart uh is that free <laughs> yeah yeah um so but it, it, we had a good time now like i said i i have i have another lightsaber this is is that fx this is the force fx uh darth vader lightsaber this does not have the removable blade this one is probably i'd say it's a, it's at least 10 years old if not 15 uh, this was $100 new at the time. So if the price has only gone up to 130 that's a, a, still a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, I have a couple other Force FX lightsabers. Um, you got I've sabers got, all over the place. I do. This is <laughs> I, These are two of the Force FX Darth Maul lightsabers. Um, and they come with a coupler. So you can, they, you can unscrew them. Nice. Uh, but this is, you know, just part of my collection, which my wife just rolls her eyes whenever she sees it. <laughs> but um, uh, mm. if, if I were going back, I don't know that I would do the Savi's workshop experience again. But if if that's your one time or once every 10 years uh, trip to Disney, I would do it. The other the only thing with uh, with that right now, um, if you don't have a reservation, yeah. You're not getting in because they're not taking walk-up appointments. You have to have an advance appointment um, uh, to do that. You know, now there is a standby line for the Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride. Yeah. Uh, which, if you get a chance to do, is is it's it's a it's a very good ride. Uh, you you sit in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and Hondo Okana has a has a job for you, and everybody sits. The six people are sitting there at their stations, and everybody has a job or something they're supposed to do with the Millennium Falcon. Um, now, as far as social distancing, uh, what they used to do, they used to have a single rider line pre-COVID. They had a single rider line, so if there was a party of four, and then they would take two people out of the single rider line to plug in. So they have a full crew. Well, right now with COVID, um, one party per per uh, per ride. So there it makes sense. Us, yeah, there were three of us. So there were three empty seats in in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. But um, but it, that's a good ride. And then the other big ride that they have there is uh, uh, Rise of the Resistance, which is right now it's the best ride in all of Disney. Um, whoa, 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 that all right. So it's been a couple years since I've been. They were building uh, the the Star Wars land when I was there. Like the mountains were up, but I, I'm sorry, I don't see how it can be better than Flight of the Avatar because that one almost brought tears to my eye. That was just so majestic, I didn't want it to end. Well, what, what I what I what I will tell you is this: Flight of the Avatar is still my favorite ride. Okay, I, I, I will I will say that because I 100% <laughs> agree with you. As because because that's at Animal Kingdom. So we went to Animal Kingdom one day, and we immediately got in in line for Flight of Passage at Rope Drop, and it was we still waited there for an hour to get on to Flight of so Passage. So worth it. So worth it. It is. Well, my my granddaughter and I we went back again. We we did it. <laughs> um, you know, and and once you once you get on that, you know, they have the full the whole pre show, and they've done a, they've they've done away with a little bit of the pre show in the name of social distance. Yeah. Um, but for the four and a half minutes that you're riding the Banshee. 
I mean, I just had a big smile on my face. It it is because that's the closest to actually flying, to feeling like you're actually flying that you were going to get. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. That is, that is of the individual rides. That is the one that I enjoy the most. It's the one I, you, I welcome to the dads with dirty ambitions, Disney episode. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't stop smiling when I was on it, but what I will tell you is objectively the rise, rise is... of the resistance is better. Wow. It's objectively better because the, um, there's, there's a pre-show to the ride. There is, um, without spoiling it for you, they are they incorporate all sorts of new technology into the ride and into the there are trackless ride vehicles, right? So it's not like you know when you get on Thunder Mountain, you can tell exactly where you're going on Thunder Mountain because the track is in front of you and you can see the dip and the loop and the drop yeah. and the, the before. On this one, and they're using the same technology in some of the other rides. There's another ride at Hollywood Studios that replaced the Great Movie Ride. I don't know if you remember that, but there's a, it's Mickey and Mickey, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Train, yeah. and it uses the same basic technology. And you sit in a ride cart, and it can move you. The computer can move you independently uh, of any kind of track. Do you know what ride actually had that first, or one of the first rides to have that at Which Disney? One? Uh, it used to be called, uh, countdown to extinction, but it's now called dinosaur. So it actually, the truck isn't actually, they're, they're not on tracks. Okay. Uh, yes, but this is better. I believe it. I believe it. That's, that's been around for a while. I was, yes, be, be, but you are, you are still on a truck <laughs> Yeah. and the truck is still going in a pretty much in a straight line where, where you want it yeah. to go. Yeah, Cause I, I, I know, I remember we we skipped that ride at Animal Kingdom this time. Uh, it's still open. A lot of stuff at Animal Kingdom is closed. Um, but you, you're in a little ride vehicle with, there are six seats, eight seats each, and they move around independently of each other. Uh, the Ratatouille ride that they're building in Epcot is going to use the same technology. That's um, now, the, the, other thing, the only thing with, uh, with Rise of the Resistance is there's no standby line. So in order to get it, you have to have a boarding pass, which mm. means someone in your party, preferably all of you, have to wake up at quarter till seven. And at seven, at the stroke of seven o'clock, you have to join a boarding uh, queue. And if you don't get a boarding group, you're not getting on. Wow. Good to know. So this is some great information for anybody yes. that's looking at going to Disney. And here's the other thing. If you, if you try to board or get a boarding group at seven o'clock and 12 seconds, you're probably not getting on wow. because they sell out almost immediately. I was up at seven. I had my Apple, I had my watch on and I had it with the seconds and I saw it counting down. As soon as it turned seven, I hit join, join, join group. And I got, we got boarding number 63. Wow. That's and they crazy. Usually, yeah. They usually get through about, a, I think someone told me they usually get to between 120 and 140 boarding groups per day. It depends on how many times the ride breaks down. Um, and then they have a, an opportunity later in the day at one o'clock for people to get additional boarding groups if they have capacity, but they're not guaranteed. So, uh, so you have to be up at seven on the day that you're going to Hollywood studios in order to get a boarding group in order to get on. And, uh, I, I, I watch another, uh, I watch a YouTube channel and leading up to our Disney trip, I watched the hell out of this channel. It's Disney food blog. And they took a poll of their readers and Disney food blog said that 68% of their readers didn't get a boarding pass that on the days that they tried. 
Wow. So two thirds of the people aren't getting onto this ride, but it is, it is objectively the best ride that Disney has right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a really good experience. It's set in that, you know, Star Wars galaxy's edge, uh, there at, at Hollywood studios, it takes place on a new planet called Batu, and it's completely separate from any of the lore. Um, you know, and, and you see the, with social distancing, you know, they used to have stormtroopers and such walking around and, you know, they'd, they'd heckle, they'd heckle people wearing, you know, Ahsoka shirts or dressed as Jedi or whatever. And now they're on a stage. Uh, we saw Chewbacca walking around on a, on an elevated platform. So you couldn't go up to him and, and take your picture with him. Um, which they, which they used to do in the launch bay. Uh, we saw, uh, Ray, Ray was walking around one of the land speeder exhibits and she was waving at kids and all that other stuff. Um, but it's a very immersive experience. They have they have an X-wing, they have an A-wing out that you can take pictures with. They have um, uh, a gun turret, kind of like the turrets on Hoth. That you know, just all this stuff. It's it's all Star Wars. It's sounds like you had a really good time. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, the thing about Disney, and I love Disney. Yeah. The thing about Disney is that they put out a first-rate product. Yeah, it's, it's they when, when they when they decided to build Galaxy's Edge, they went all in. Um, I I know I'm going to sound kind of heretical, but it's almost as good as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I say almost because the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is broken up into two parks. And I, that's oh, I hate that. I hate that they do money. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Money. Totally. You know, but. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter as an immersive experience, you know, because they have a Hogsmeade on one side and they have Diagon Alley on the other, just because it's bigger. Now, they could expand Galaxy's Edge. I mean, they they could. They have the room. Um, they could add more attractions. But in terms of the immersion, they've just done a really good job. And the other thing about Disney is they have they have positioned themselves to do everything in their power to take money out of your pocket and make you happy about it. Geniuses. And, I, and I, I long, can't hate them. And as long as you know that going in, <laughs> you'll be fine. Uh, so, you know, my, my granddaughter and I, we, we, and my wife, I, my wife went on this trip too. Uh, you know, we, we just had, we had a, a great time. Um, you know, we also went to magic kingdom and we went to, we went to animal kingdom. Um, we skipped Epcot cause there's a lot of construction going on there, but, um, you know, the, the, in terms of social distancing and in terms of what they're doing now, there there are very. I think there's only one live show going on. So some of the things that we normally enjoy, we like the Nemo show and we like the Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom. Mm. Uh, you know, they have the Beauty and the Beast sing along. Some of that wasn't happening. Uh, mm. Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios wasn't going on. They didn't have any fireworks. Um, so some of the things you would normally go on or normally go to Disney to do, the, they're not doing parades. Aren't happening. Let me ask you this. Did sure. you feel like you still had a Disney, a good quality Disney experience for what you're paying? Yes, I felt that way. Now, again, because because I don't. Should I ask your wife? That's your your wife, because I know you're like cloud nine because of Star Wars land. <laughs> she, I, I think my wife enjoyed it. Um, uh, the, the thing is. It depends on what you would consider to be your Disney experience, because mm. like I said, if, if you like interacting with the characters or doing character break, character meals or meet and greets or anything like that, those aren't going on. If you like the shows and you like the parades and you like the fireworks, those aren't going on. 
But if you just want to go because you enjoy doing all of the mountains in one day, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Thunder Mountain, and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, if you if that's your idea of a good day at Disney, great. Or getting a funnel cake in the Magic Kingdom or getting Mickey bars or, or whatever it is that you like to do. Um, you know, I, I felt like it was a good experience that there it seems like there are a lot of people because of the way they have the queues spaced out, but they move fast. It's just, you know, some people can't get it through their head. You know, there's a line on the ground and you're supposed to stay on your mark until, you know, the next people get to theirs. And so uh, my wife, she perfected her her resting bitch face look and, and glare at people <laughs> to, to, just to step back, you know. I, but, uh, but other I, than that, uh, <laughs> but it, like I said, it, if if you don't like just riding rides, because that's pretty much all that's there right now. If yeah. that's not for you, I don't know that I would go. Uh, Magic Kingdom felt the most crowded, but they were supposedly operating at a 35% capacity. Um, so, you know, there weren't as many people there as there normally were, but it seemed like they were always in line for something. I mean, the for most rides, the only exception was Thunder Mountain. And I don't know what we did right to, to get to Thunder Mountain, but it seemed like most of the rides were anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. um, just because that's what was going on. You know, uh, like I said, the only, the only time we didn't, and I, we, we must've hit the sweet spot because we got to Thunder Mountain, you know, they have the app. I don't know if you've ever yeah, 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 used yeah. the Disney app. It, it tells you what the wait times are for everything. Yeah. So we were it, right after lunch, we were looking at the app and we saw, Oh, Thunder Mountains, you know, 35 minutes. So we walked over there and the, the person in holding the end of line sign she was right almost at the gate so we just walked right on and it was nine minutes from the time we got into the line till the time that we got onto one of the the mine carts um, there you go yeah so <laughs> and most of that was walking through the queue the way they have the queue set up nice. um, so as soon as we got off the line we were walking by you know we come out the eggs and we're walked by and the the person with the end of line sign still standing there so my granddaughter's like let's go again <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. So we there you go. Again and we, you know, it was nine minutes uh, on that. Um, nice. It sounds but, like you you had a really good time. We did. That's but, awesome. But yeah. it, you know, it it is expensive. I remember going to to Disney World in college. This is in the nineties, and it was twenty five dollars for one park for one day. You know, <laughs> and and now you know you can't get an entree at a sit down <laughs> restaurant in Disney for twenty five bucks anymore. Uh, so you know the time you can get the churros for twenty five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna have two you're gonna have two Mickey Mickey bars and a bottle of water for twenty five bucks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I wish I could say I had that kind of fun nerdy experience since the last time you you're, even you and I talked. Um, I've definitely been up to some stuff. We've been doing a ton of stuff with the Elders Foundry. Okay. Um, we're actually getting ready to we so we did a one shot for them. Um, we pre recorded everything, and we're getting ready to launch. The actual campaign so we're using different characters for this because we wanted to test the waters and see where we felt like we can improve you know before we committed actual characters and everything mm -hmm. uh to this um so i'm actually going to show you something i'm sure you saw it on my facebook right. uh this guy right. uh he's, That's awesome. he's going to have a uh key uh purpose for my character in the okay. game awesome. uh, I, i'm not going to spoil it in anything but uh it's I'll, t I'll tell you all off a of camera and everything okay. a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been doing a lot of painting over on my side. Um, mm -hmm. 
because even though I am retired from doing commissions, I'm still getting commissions. Like people email me and they're like, Hey man, can you do this for me? And it's really hard for me to say no. Like I'm legitimately in bed, like just laying there and watching, uh, we're watching, I think we're watching Shit's Creek right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and the wife and I'll get an email and I'm like sitting there going, ah. and she goes, what? And I said, I got a commission offer. And she's like laughing and everything. She's like, they know you're done. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, <laughs> you're going to do it. Aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I am. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's good. You know, it, it's good. It's a good pain because <laughs> it's like, you know what? All right. I'll keep doing them. Just, um, raise your prices, man. That's, that's what she's, she's like, just make it overpriced. And I'm like, all right. She says, she, if they say yes, then you still get it. And if you they say no, then, you know, you don't have to I, do it. I have a, I have a, a guy I know through the, 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 the clubs I'm in, he does metal armor and he was, he was kind of feeling burned out on that. And he's in that same position. You know, he's, he was trying to find a graceful way to say no without, because he didn't want to retire. But yeah. at the same time, he also was, you know, people were, they, they pester him. And so he, one day he, you know, he said, I, I'm just tired of, in that same position you're in, you know, I'm just tired of doing this. So people started asking him what his rates were and he doubled them. And they and, still said, still said and, yeah. <laughs> and people were still like, okay, when can, when can you do it? When can you fit me in? And I said, <laughs> if people are like that, you should have tripled your rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently he's not charging nearly not enough. nearly enough I, so. I i've done it a few times where i'm like okay like i'm really slammed and somebody would be like hey i want this and something i would charge like we'll say we'll say the number was like 15 bucks right mm-hmm. and for one mini and they'd be like i'm like yeah 15 bucks normally and then i'm like 80 dollars and the guy goes done something of that sort and i'm like you know <laughs> all right i'll do it and but uh i've i've been getting doing a lot of commissions uh okay. watched uh mortal kombat which awesome. was such a great movie. I, I, I feel like we almost have to do an episode on it and maybe I'll get you. <laughs> they, there, there's, there's so much like backstory. Like they did a really good job. I think yeah. without spoiling it for people, I feel like they went with the proper storyline of Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I feel like it, it that in the games that had an actual legitimate story throughout yeah. the games. Right. So it's an easy one to tra- like progress and build off of and branch off of because now that's been built the the world's been built they can do whatever the heck they want you have characters now it doesn't matter but to get people into it and understand what there's somewhat of a plot like don't don't get it twisted it, it like it's this movie's not going to win any oscars anytime soon but it went it went in and out of the three movies i've watched recently which were monster hunter uh godzilla versus king kong and mortal kombat Mortal Kombat, by far, bar none, was the best out of the three. Um, okay, I can see that. Uh, first off, uh, Monster Hunter, I knew it was going to be bad. Okay. And it did not disappoint me. Like, it was, like, Mortal Kombat is a, it's a bad movie. It's a great ga- video game mon- fighting movie. Monster Hunter is just, like, Ron Perlman, he's a hit or miss actor. Like he's really great in like you know Hellboy, but there's stuff he's really bad in. Uh, right. Mia Jovovich, she was great in Fifth Element. Right. And I actually made a mistake. I said uh, she was in Hellboy as well, or my brother did, and she's not. It's it's somebody else, which I was completely wrong about. But I, I haven't seen anything that she's really been good in. If you say Resident Evil, no, it's not. Go back and watch it. It's still god awful. It's well, terrible. But- Res- the Resident Evil movies know what they are. 
Oh, they yeah they well they tried in the beginning to be something they weren't and right. and but no Monster Hunter is worse than them. like it didn't even try. Okay, it was like the you watch it and you're like no this isn't how they're gonna end it right and it's, it's you're like oh my god like I did I gave it an opportunity because it has Tony Jaa and it has Ron Perlman and it it like Tony Jaa does really great movies right and it's I'm like all right the, the CGI looks great. Got somewhat of a plot idea. This could be good. Oh, it, it, they had T.I. in it. <laughs> like I'm like, all right, there's some decent actors. Like, T.I. is not the best, but he's not the worst out there. I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. Oh, it was bad. It was all, oh, like, it was, like, I, I felt like it's one of those movies that, like, they should have paid you to watch. <laughs> it was, like, please. like. Did, did you go to a theater? No, I, I did. Uh, I, I watched it at home. Um, OK, the, the theaters are just starting to fully open up around here. And okay. yeah, I got my shot and everything, but I'm still. Yeah, I, I haven't got the confidence yet to go out and do it. But OK, uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Uh, I actually watched it with my uh, my 10 year old son. I know I'm going to get a little judgment there. However, it was his first rated R movie ever. And in all honesty, it's just swearing and gore. There's no nudity. There's no like sex. It's it's. I'm like, if you're gonna watch a rated R movie, that's the perfect one to transgress into. <laughs> if you if your kid has played Mortal Kombat, <laughs> then they can see the movie. Yeah. If they they have seen everything. Yeah. That's in the movie. They've seen it in the video game. Yeah. And uh, the 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 first Mortal Kombat came out. Uh, I was in college. So or you probably were too. In college? Um, no, I was not in college. <laughs> I'm 34, homie. Oh, I'm a baby. Okay. You're a child. All right, I keep I forgetting am, that. No, I was actually. I so my mom's gonna hear this. <laughs> I was visiting my uncle in Virginia Beach. He was in the Navy, okay. and he actually played. And I'm like, my mom would not let me play it. And he's like, hey, hey, Stevie, because that's what they used to call me, Stevie. Uh, and we played it. <laughs> Awesome. And he was showing me all the like secret unlock, like the like uh -huh. the what the work considered uh -huh. controversial, where you pull right. out the skull right. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the blood. Yeah, we were showing that. I was like, oh my god, my mom's gonna kill me. If she finds out if I played this. Right. We we're sitting there playing. now. Oh, yeah. I'll let Ethan play that all day, and it wouldn't be an issue. But yeah, right. Well, the the first Mortal Kombat knew what it was, mm -hmm. and it it leaned into it leaned into the campiness. Yeah. Um, and it also, the first Mortal Kombat was also, because it was 1995, it was, um, it purposely sanitized itself to get a PG-13 rating. Yeah. And this one doesn't even try. No. It, 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 it's, it it's a hard R movie. It wants to be a hard R movie uh, because, you, I mean, Kung Lao is one of the characters. And what's Kung Lao's move? He takes his, he takes his spinning hat and he cuts people in half with it. And guess what you get to see? You Kung Lao it. spinning his hat, cutting someone in half. Oh, <laughs> Ethan saw it. He just goes, Ooh. he goes, dad looks like that hurt, dad. And I'm like, you bet that hurt. <laughs> That's right. It, it was great. Yeah, no, I loved it. I thoroughly loved it. And we will. We'll we'll totally do an episode on it. I, I, I'll, I'll have you on board. Because it, it, it's 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 so much fun. It was. Um, like I said, that's pretty much it on my side. Uh, okay. Other, I'd really preparing for this huge campaign. Like we've got this great thing planned off for the elders foundry. They've been so wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. uh, very, very excited. Uh, and so we've been, I've been doing a ton of work, like a ton of research because my character is a dwarf. 
I went and actually tried to find the dwarven language. There's no dwarven language. There's words. There's no actual like you can't find like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Elvish. Like you can take college classes on that. There's nothing for dwarves out there. It's very little. It's crazy how little there is considering they've been, you know, how long the history of dwarves have been around. But I've been trying to do my best with it, doing a lot of research. We want to put the in the TLC for this. So I'm very excited to see where this goes. We even have another uh voice actress coming in uh her name is fox and it's going to she's amazing she's got this wonderful natural heroic paragon sounding voice okay i'm so excited um but that's pretty much been on my side other than the thing that we're going to talk about that is uh almost 35 minutes into (laughs) the podcast Granted, yes, this was recording for like five, six beforehand, like <laughs> half an hour into the show. We're going to talk about our subject, which is why I did this in the beginning. I figured we get all our tangents sure, out now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, go, we'll go off the rails sometime. We, oh, we, yeah. we will. Um, but I finished up and I actually didn't get to do it till last night. I actually watched the final episode of the Falcon Winter Soldier, which uh, overall show I thought was very, very well done. And. I'm going to state some stuff like because you did bring it up and you were talking about it on Facebook. Uh, things that this show did that a lot of other shows didn't do is it talked about it. It brought up racism. It brought up the, the ugly truths. And I commend them on that. I think they did it very well. They did it very professionally. They didn't do it like in anger. They they showed and they said, hey, this is how we fix things and kind of gave they they did it very well done. It was very classy. Um, I loved that we got to see new characters. I love that they brought in, uh, the, you know, madam, oh, we're, we're saying right now, I'm saying madam Hydra, you can quote me on it. Um, we got the actually see the full blown U S agent. Uh, there's things I didn't like about the, the whole show. I'm annoyed about, um, Baron Zemo's mask only being utilized for all of 15 seconds. Um, but there's they're bringing in the raft. They're bringing in. It looks like they're going to bring in the Thunderbolts. So there's a lot of stuff that they did. Um, but what was your overall? We'll start with the overall opinion of the show. Then we'll say, you know, episode we'll say five and six, because I feel like those two melded pretty well together. Right. Well, you know, I, I think we have to you have to remember that this was the supposed to be the first Disney plus series, right? But because of the pandemic and just the way things shook out, WandaVision came out first, but this was supposed to come out uh, ahead of that. And in terms of its structure, you know, WandaVision was just this kind of weird out in left field, you know, kind of, you know, the sitcom, um, the sitcom emulation, uh, you know, and a lot of people didn't get that. They expected a much more traditional Marvel structure. And Spread out over six hours, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a much more traditional Marvel structured property mm. because it, it starts off with with that the action set piece. You know, Falcon jumps out of the plane and he's stopping the terrorists or something. Um, and from there, it just, it goes on to to be a more traditional Marvel thing. Um, you know, like you were talking about. I mean, even from the first episode, I mean they. They didn't quite pick up a club and hit you over the head with race, but it was always there from the time that Sam and Sarah are at the bank trying to get a loan and they can't, you can't, I, I, as, as a viewer, I, you know, 
if if it was if it was Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter going to the bank to get a loan on that day, they would have walked out with, you know, whatever they needed to start this business. But because it was Sam Wilson and Sarah, you know, they didn't. And then in the in the second episode, you know, they're um, they go to see Isaiah Bradley and uh, uh, Bucky and Sam are outside and they're getting in a little bit of argument. The cops pull up and what do they do? They immediately hone in on the black guy. And, you know, so, so that, the issue of race is hanging over all of this. Uh, and it was, it was done. It was done very upfront. It was done very, I felt very honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then in, in the fifth episode, I, I think the fifth episode is the best episode of the show. Um, you know, it's the one where you hear uh, the story of Isaiah Bradley, which comes out of um, the red, white, and black uh, storyline from Captain America. And yeah. and when they when they wrote the comic, they they wrote it very specifically to make the the black super soldiers uh, to draw a parallel to the Tuskegee the Tuskegee medical experiments, where they injected black men uh, and black people with you know tuberculosis just to see what what would happen. Um, you know, and so that was done very well. But you, you know, you have again, you have in that in that fifth episode. You know, it starts with well, the fourth episode ends with with uh, John Walker uh, just killing that guy just yeah. with the shield. They, <laughs> like, he just and, straight up like the boys style. <laughs> straight straight up, yes. And you see, you see that whole crowd of people standing around, and they're all doing this with their phones because the world saw it, and. Where anyone, where anyone else, you know, he he's court-martialed, he's reduced in rank, but he's not going to jail. Then, in the next segment, you hear Isaiah Bradley talking about how uh, he and the other black super soldiers were, you know, some of them were captured, and the the U.S. government is going to assassinate them so that the Russians and the Chinese can't get their hands on the super soldier serum. So he defies orders and he goes and he rescues them. And what does he get? He gets imprisoned, you know, also for disobeying orders. And so, um, so that's something that that is that it's it's addressed in the show and it's it's confronted in a very in a very stark way, uh, and again in a very honest way and. And Isaiah Bradley, he tells Sam, he says, you know, no black man would want to be Captain America because he recognizes or in, in his view and in the time that he grew up, the, the Captain America was, you know, he doesn't see Steve Rogers as a good person. He sees, sees Steve Rogers as Captain America, blonde haired, blue eyed, uh, you know, you know, with the with the, the red, white and the blue and the shield. Um because Isaiah Bradley doesn't know Steve Rogers. He's, he's fighting in the Korean war and at least in the MCU. Um, but I, I thought the fifth episode was the best episode. And then the sixth episode was, I don't, I don't want to say it was a weak episode, but it wraps up the story. And at that point it falls into the familiar Marvel formula, right? You have a, you have a big CGI. It's not, it's not some awful third act, so some awful CGI monstrosity like uh, Infinity War in the you know the battle at Wakanda that's just you know all computer generated the end of Black yeah. Panther, but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of CGI stunts and other stuff going on, but the story wraps up and then they plant all these seeds for yeah, the to go it, on. It was it was their typical wrap up. Um, before we get into I get into that, but I wanted to mention um, 
with Isaiah Bradley and Captain America, how they did this almost poetic parallel to each other. Because Captain America, at the end of Endgame, gets his Peggy Carter. Like, he does all this stuff. He does what he's supposed to do, and he gets his Peggy Carter. Isaiah Bradley does everything he does, and he goes to jail, and he doesn't get his... his. I, I don't know if they actually mentioned his... Did they say his wife's, wife's name in it? I can't remember, but I know she died when he was in jail. And so he doesn't get his Peggy Carter. Like, uh, it was very intense. It was very... I like I said, I think they did it very cleanly. And I agree with you. Yeah, the 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 last episode, it you it was predictable. Yes. You yes. knew. You you knew what stuff was gonna happen. I mean, like I don't think they did a bad job. And I, I think the, the I think it's crazy, like the timing of when these episodes came out. Granted, they were supposed to come out a long, long time ago, and how they came out and just with everything going on, there's no way that Disney knew or planned that. And so it's it's crazy. But it yeah, it was like you knew the power broker. I mean, people were calling the power broker that Sharon Carter was a peg. Uh, it was actually funny. And I was listening to another podcast and they talked about this, um, how somebody mentioned how villains never use Apple phones. And yeah, there's some Apple, theory. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, like, so if you ever seen somebody using not an Apple phone, you automatically know that they're going to be a bad guy now. It's like, oh, well, they're not a good person. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, well, it spoils a whole lot of stuff for me now. Now I'm going to be looking. What kind of phone they have? Oh, yeah. they have a Samsung. Sure. You might not be nice. <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it, it, it wrapped up almost too cleanly. And I, I get it. it. It was six episodes and I know they had to wrap it up, but it was I feel like. They did a, a much better job. Again, I know it came out before, but it were supposed to. WandaVision left you still wondering, left you wanting, left you questioning things. I, I don't guess I agree. like. I I I don't. I I know I I want stuff, and then there's questions that I need to be answered. But it's not as intense as it was with WandaVision. You know what I'm saying? Like how you know U.S. Agent is going to be U.S. Agent. You and I know uh, that she's most likely. Uh, Madam Hydra or Viper, uh, whichever way they decide to go with her, um, you know, you you know, Captain America is, you know, Falcon is now Captain America. Like, you know, that's going to transgress and that he's going to play some major role in the new Avengers. Right. So well, you know, they had set him up. Um, they had set it as Falcon. They had set him up as part of the new Avengers team after Age of Ultron. Yes, because you know, at the end of Age of Ultron, you know, Steve Rogers and, and Black Widow, they step out and then there's, the, you know, the, the new Avengers are, are there, you know, Vision and Falcon and uh, and War Machine and so on. And, but they were more of the B team. They were like, hey, you know, we're going to go stop Ultron. You go save this from these terrorists like they were they would get they were side quest adventures at that time. I feel I, I don't disagree. Yes. Yes, I, I think that's right. But because of the Marvel contract situation, I mean, you knew Tony. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you I know. Mean, if, if going meta, you know yeah. how many how many movies uh, Robert Downey Jr. is contracted for. You know how many. You know that how many more movies uh, Chris Evans is contracted for, and so um, so you can see the way it's going to go at, at a meta level. But in terms of the story, you know, they they also you know 
Robert Downey Jr. is over 50 years old. You know, he can't, I don't know if he could, he could do that forever. Uh, but they, they do need to advance the story. And my, my issue with the sixth episode is, tends to be my issue with a lot of these other, the other Marvel movies is they cease becoming a movie, a self-contained movie and they are, a, they become a point on the roadmap. They're a stop on the way to somewhere else because of all the things that they've, that they've set up. You know, you talked about Sharon Carter being the, the new power broker. Um, you know, they, they set up, uh, are they setting up Zemo for Thunderbolts? Are they setting up, you know, they, um, Oh, where was I going? I think they, I think they are setting while you're getting that thought. I think they are setting up the Thunderbolts because I mean, come on, it's, it's almost impossible not to set it up right now. Um, I think they're definitely setting up uh, a, a new Hydra. I think they really are with uh, with Madam Hydra, and I think uh, Sharon Carter is going to definitely be associated with her if she in some way. There's it's it just seems too convenient not to. And then yeah, I I, I definitely think those are going to be things we're seeing. Right. You know, and I know you can see the you can look at what the, the Marvel roadmap is, but you know, where, where does us agent fall in all of this? Um, you know, because John Walker is obviously still around, you know, he's, he's basically been dishonorably discharged and reduced in rank and he can't be captain America anymore, but he's got a new suit. He's got the, he's, he and Bucky are the last of the super soldiers that we know of. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Zemo had the, you know, Carly dies. <laughs> Yeah. Zemo had the other three assassinated right? with they're, evil Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, their, their truck blows up. Um, you know, so, so those are the last two uh, of the actual super soldiers, unless Sharon Carter has another batch, unless she has another scientist or somebody else working on the super soldier theorem serum. Um, you know, how much of that stuff is still laying around? Uh, I, I, I would like to, I would like to see one of them survive at least the 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 uh, the gentleman with the long hair i don't know if they actually ever gave him a name because we i they made flag smasher a an uh, a movement instead of a person and i thought that and i even said that at the beginning which was actually us agent at the top and not flag smasher but i would like to see an individual supervillain flag smasher you know i would like but that's that's me wishful thinking over here well, I, I think, you know, that they have I think they've done a good job of adapting the stories in the comics to the needs of the MCU um, I agree. and the political climate that they have. You know, I, I did think that, you know, Carly Morgenthau as a villain was, you know, one of the more compelling vi villains. At least it seems like she has some kind of motivation other than just cause chaos or blow shit up or rob banks or, or whatever. Um it, you know, she at least seemed to have kind of a, a noble cause, um, you know, in the and same way. Very that realistic cause. Yes. Yes. And a very realistic cause uh, in the same, you know, halfway through the halfway through the show, you kind of think, you know, she's she's kind of right. You know, mm -hmm. just like halfway through Black Panther, you you listen to Killmonger and you're kind of like, yeah, OK, um, I can I can see why he's this way. You may not agree with him personally, but you can at least understand why he came out that way. And you understand why Carly is doing the things that she does. Uh, but then you also hear, you know, Zemo, who 
you know, Zemo steals every scene he's in, basically. <laughs> you know? they, they did that whole hour loop of him because fans were like, we want we want Zemo dancing. And they're like, screw it. All right. We have like an, <laughs> we have a ton of video of it. Just give it to the fans. Uh, that was that was very well done. Uh, and here's the thing. It, it's crazy to think that we can fall so easy. And this is how like just like in, in my mind, I, we're such sheep. We really are because. We love Loki now, right? Loki literally has a show coming out. He's killed thousands of people. <laughs> thousands of people. Zemo has killed hundreds of people. Maybe right. thousands. I, I, I'm not quite sure. But he's killed a lot of people himself. And yet we love him. Because sure. Disney found a way to make him adorable. We're like, oh yeah, no, he's totally a good guy now. We know he's still a villain, but he's a lovable villain. <laughs> well, sure. But, well, be, because... I mean, who was the villain in Ant-Man? Corporate greed. Exactly. I mean, that's my point. So they make Thanos, they make Thanos into this noble villain himself. Yeah. You know, because in the comics, why why is Thanos assembling the why is why is he do, assembling the Infinity Stones in the comics? Because so, he wants because he wants to sleep with death. Yeah, that's true. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what manifestation was... of death. Yeah, but now, so death. they so they give him this 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 at least even deranged. They give him this deranged, but you know, noble sounding cause. He wants to he wants to reduce uh, the strain of the, of the 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 population of the universe on its resources. You know, it, and in the comics, you know, the most compelling villain in the comics is Magneto, in in my opinion, because I'm an X Men person. I, you know, yeah. Magneto in the comics is the most compelling of the villains. And even though sometimes he goes off on one of his one of his mellow, maniacal rants, but the bottom line is, it, it, Magneto, on some level, because he has a childhood that's formed in Auschwitz, he's kind of right. You know what? What does he want? He wants mutants to be treated as if they were people. And but he is he is the much more militant person as opposed to Xavier. I and will so, counter you there just for a second, though. I will counter you. The only reason that, I, and I agree with you, but the reason that Magneto is so, like, he he's in his right is because when he was developed as a character, him and Xavier were developed off of. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. and Malcolm X. And that's why he is because his embody he embodies as an as a mutant Malcolm X. And I think that's why he's such a you know yes. he's not wrong character. Well he he's compelling because because he, you can't have Magneto without Xavier and vice versa. Yes. Okay. Um and and so I that's that's what makes and so in that same way uh, uh, Killmonger makes T'Challa a much more compelling hero, and it makes him a much. He, at the end of at the end of Black Panther, he's a much more understanding king mm -hmm. because he understands why why Killmonger is did the things that he did, uh, and it made for a, a much more compelling story. And it made Black Panther, at least until that god awful CGI third act, it made it a much better movie than a lot of the other MCU movies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you think I, about the CGI of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? Like, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, it's the CGI is getting better. I mean, f and for a TV production, but you know, I think I think it's safe to say that that they're spending Disney's money, and yeah. Disney is is basic, and they did this with WandaVision too. They've basically made a six-hour movie, 
mm-hmm. and it looks like movie quality CGI because you know I'm I'm sitting here watching it. You know, you, you can watch it in your living room on a on a you know 60 inch 4K TV, and it looks fantastic. Uh, now, you still know it's CGI. Yeah. But if you watch it compared to uh, uh, whichever the one of the Matrix movies where Neo's fighting all of the Agent Smiths, uh, is that the second That's, one? I think it's. Uh, I think it starts in the second one and ends in the third one. I. I want to say that I do. It's been so long since. Right. But you know, you know, there's that big fight where Neo is spinning around and you know, yeah. if you watch, when you watch that, then you're like, Oh wow, this is great. And now when you watch it, it's kind of like, Oh my God, that was awful. <laughs> um, but this doesn't look awful. It looks pretty good. Um, you know, but again, you, you knew it was CGI. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like I liked a lot of the things that they did with this story, but again, I, I just felt like it was it was hitting points on the roadmap for at, by the sixth episode to then where is this going to go as as the MCU uh, uh, charges on? This feels like it was definitely typical Marvel mentality when it comes to stuff. Yes, and whereas this the WandaVision was a very much in left field style show for them and i was very like like i said i I very much enjoyed uh falcon winter soldier i'm glad on my side because you know some of our predictions it wasn't as buddy cop as they made it kind of seem that it was going to be yes it it approached a lot of issues that i didn't expect yeah i was not expecting it to go the way it did um i enjoyed the ride yes um it did leave a lot of openings for like U.S. Agent. He might be the villain in season two because I, I definitely feel like they left it open for whereas like WandaVision, it's up in the air like there might be, but there may probably isn't this. I'm much more confident that there will be a season two, whether or not it, it might be Falcon and Winter Soldier versus Madam Hydra and the U.S. Agent. It, it could possibly be something of that sort. I could be completely off. Um well, it's definitely felt more like a show they were going to do more often. Yeah. I, the other thing is, I mean, I don't know that U.S. agent is ever actually a villain. I, I didn't follow that story that much. U.S. agent was Captain America with the same drives as Steve Rogers, but without his conscience. Yeah. And so, I mean, and, and so they establish they established John Walker at the beginning as, you know, as the, the recipient of three medals of honor, which by the way, has never happened. It has <laughs> And I think there are actually laws in place to stop it from happening again. You know, but if you look at the recipients of the medal of honor, there, there are a handful that have won, had one, you don't win the medal of honor, you receive it, or you earn yeah. it. Anyway, uh, there are a handful of people who have received the medal of honor more than once. A lot of those came out of the civil war where, and in a lot of cases it was, uh, uh, Basically, if you captured an enemy battle flag, they would award you that because during the Civil War, there was the Purple Heart and there was the Medal of Honor and there what there weren't there wasn't anything in between. Thomas Custer, I don't know if you know this, Thomas Custer, George Custer's uh, brother, who also died at Little Bighorn, uh, he had earned the Medal of Honor twice. And both actions were related to uh, to capturing uh, Confederate battle flags. Um, and there are a couple of recipients who were awarded the, the Medal of Honor because at one time there was a, a Navy Medal of Honor and an Army Medal of Honor, and some pe- some people were awarded the medal for the same action, but they were given a, a Navy and an Army uh, version. Um, 
just so you know. Um, Fun facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- they established that from the beginning. So they establish him, and you know, he's this all-American kid. The the in the second episode, he's he's having his 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 coming out interview at his old high school uh, in you know Mississippi or wherever it is that he lives, and so he is, I think. At least he wants to be a good person. He he, and but he doesn't. You know that that what Doctor Erskine, if in, in uh, uh, First Avenger, Doctor Erskine tells Steve Rogers, you know, be a good person. It's, it's the the serum amplifies whatever person you are. Um, and th- there's a little bit of vulnerability in John Walker where he taught where he and he and uh, Lamar are talking. Um, and he says something about the the being awarded the Medal of Honor for the worst day of his life. And in some sense, and I, I read this in another article, in some sense that Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, WandaVision, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are all about grief. Grief overrides and dealing with trauma overrides a lot of the themes of those three shows for, you know, because- you can see in, that. In Far From Home, you have you have uh, uh, Peter Parker. He's you know he's just lost his mentor Tony Stark, and then he has to go fight Mysterio and, and all this other stuff. In WandaVision, WandaVision is a hundred percent about grief. Yeah, you know, and in some way, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is as well, and mostly in the in the person of of Bucky Barnes. You know, Bucky Barnes is trying to reconcile this past that he, that he has, and you know, he knows he was brainwashed. He yeah. knows that he wasn't really acting on his own because Bucky Barnes, as they established in First Avenger, is a, is also a good person. He's you know he's the the big brother mm-hmm. figure for Steve Rogers, but he has to come to terms with all of these things that he remembers because he, you know, did you want him to did at the end when he after he told everything to the uh, the little Asian man did you want him to go back and like like when you saw him sake drinking the he was at the bar drinking the sake did you want him to just look and like give him a nod or something i was hoping like they would still be friends afterwards like i knew it, i knew it wasn't going to happen because you didn't see the conversation you saw him walking out of there and i was like man that's rough and i'm like i hope he forgave him i hope he was able to move on but it I, it was that was a tough scene it, it 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 was, but but that but again that that's kind of the point. It's yeah. It's Bucky Barnes has to come to to he has to reconcile who he was, and then where he's going to go. You know, and um, you know, there's that scene. I think it's it's in the fi- the last episode, or no, it's in the fifth episode where where Sam Wilson says, you know, y- y- all this stuff you've been doing, you've been avenging. He's not doing anything to comfort the grief of the people that he's hasn't done he's he's trying to he's he's making up his transgressions for himself not for not for this little old asian man whose son he just shot down you know in the in the 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 hallway of a hotel in you know budapest or wherever it was um so that's what he's trying to do um you know, and, and so in terms of the character, I mean, it's 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 great. You know, I, I hope they, they keep him on for a good long time, um, yeah. you know, and maybe one day he'll be Captain America, too. Uh, you know, both he both he and Sam Wilson have been Captain America they have. The, on the sh- on the comics. Um, I think he's gonna be, going to be I think he's going to take over as Nomad. 
I think okay. he's going to end up being nomad in my personal opinion. Um, but I could be completely wrong on that. Um, I will say this and, uh, one, there was one scene, uh, at the end, end, uh, episode six, I actually choked me up a little bit because it reminded me of some stuff I've seen, uh, in a, uh, like doctor who. Okay. Uh, the, have you, you ever watched doctor, doctor mm-hmm. who? Yeah. Remember the when the Van Gogh, and mm-hmm. they brought him back, and he they were talking about how great he was, and it's such a chokes you up moments, right? Right. They did that in this mm-hmm. with Isaiah Bradley, yes. and they they well they didn't do it as strongly, but they did it, and there's a statue of him, and you see there, and you can see, and it does. It's that's one of those choky up little moments, and I was like, oh, they they he he's like he knows that like hey. It's they're going to remember you. They know you did a good thing. They're going to know you did a good thing. Right. And then it's that was a powerful moment. And it's not one I actually expected for the from for Marvel to do. But it was nice. It was very well done. Um, But overall. Do you feel like you're satisfied with these six episodes? Do you feel like you got a good quality show for the six episodes? Yes. I, I do. And I also feel like this is a story that they could not have told. I mean, they had to tell it in, in a six hour TV show. Yeah. That it, if they had tried to, if they had tried to compact this into a movie, there would have been too many side plots that they would have had to have discarded. And I don't think it, if they had done that, I don't think the villains would have been as compelling. I don't think the journey of, of Sam Wilson, because the other part of this is, Sam Wilson and uh, John Walker are both trying to reconcile what it means to be Captain America because Steve Rogers intended for Sam Wilson to be Captain America. He, he saw that he, he, again, Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame, he gives the shield to, to Sam. He doesn't give it to Bucky. And you find out later in the show, Bucky knew what was going to happen. Bucky knew what the plan was. And so at the beginning of this, Sam doesn't feel that he's worthy of the mantle of Captain America, which is why he gives the shield up, which then conveniently, you know, at the end of the episode, the first episode finds its way into the hands of John Walker. And John Walker also can't, he, he struggles to become Captain America and he falls short. And when, when he kills the guy, he when he kills the guy at the end of episode four, he realizes because the next time you see him, he's you know he's running off into this warehouse and you know he's he's obviously he's he realizes he's lost his cool, but he also realizes that he lost his best friend, he lost his his uh, he lost uh, 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 Lamar, who was just killed by one of the the flag smashers, and you know he realizes at that point, I think that he realizes that he's not worthy of being Captain America. And then, you know, Bucky and Sam beat him up and take the shield from him. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, but he still wants to do that. He still wants to be worthy of Captain America, even after he is stripped by the government of, of all this stuff, you know, and the Dora Milaje, they took him apart. You yeah, know, because you, you saw at the end of that scene where, where they're trying, they come for Zemo. And at the end of it, he's like, Oh, they weren't even super soldiers. No, they're the Dora Milaje and you don't mess with them. Um, you know, and and so I think he still wants to be Captain America, 
mm-hmm. know, and and they are setting him up as U.S. agent to be again, try to be Captain America light. Um, and just seeing Julia Louise Dreyfus in in you know the MCU. Oh my God, that was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I remember they said, "Oh yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see a cameo from from some high profile star or whatever." <laughs> and you're like, "You know, fool me once, Paul Bettany called me that television." <laughs> and she comes uh, walking out at the end. I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. <laughs> they got Julia Louis Dreyfus. So and she was fantastic. Great. She did a good job. She really did. Uh, so, final thoughts. Uh, here's the here is the million dollar question. All right. We have gotten two Marvel sh- uh, shows, series shows that are done by Disney Plus. Not on like we're not. I'm talking about Agents of Shield. I'm not going to bring that one on or uh, Peggy Carter one. But you have two shows that uses out all the characters from the MCU that do- embraces all the stuff that doesn't hide anything. And then you have your MCU movies. Do you think which you prefer? Do you think this is the the the, the road? for quality in the MCU is down there the doing the movies or is it down doing the series like the the pros to me in my opinion i feel like we get to embrace and learn and uh what's the word i'm looking for we get to connect to these characters on a much more intimate level like you, you, you never with Wanda, with Vision, with Winter Soldier, with you know Bucky and you know uh, Sam, uh, Falcon, or now Captain America. Uh, we got to connect on them on a much more intimate level, where we don't get to do that with 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 the exception of maybe the top three, which you know were uh, Cap, uh, Cap, the original Captain America, uh, Thor, and Iron Man, and they had to get like three or four movies. For us to do that, is is this the road that that we should travel down? Is doing the shows, or do you feel like there's still opportunity for the movies in the MCU? I, I think they're going to be both going forward. I mean, the, do you think you're still going to get the same quality now that we've been given this treat of these quality series? Is there still room, or do you think that it's still going to have the same pool? In, in the theaters with these movies or is the series going to keep, is it better to go down the series way? Uh, they're going to, well, that's <laughs> a tough, I know it's a tough question that they're going to do both. Yes. And the reason they're going to do both is money. Yes. Okay. That That's, that's the bottom line because, and now uh, what I will also say is I, I, I mentioned this a minute ago is the, to me, there is no appreciable, you don't see any degradation in quality in the TV show. Yeah. I thought this, the, 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 the visual, the quality of the, 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 um, the visual effects, the quality, the production, the production value of WandaVision and, uh, and Falcon, and the winter soldier was equivalent to anything that they've put on the big screen. Mm. Okay. So qualitatively, I don't think there's any difference between the TV shows that we've seen and I, I I don't know that there's any reason to expect differently from the Loki series. I mean, I, yeah, that's another question. Like, what's the bar that's set for the bar set pretty high here for Loki, you know? Right. But, um, you know, now, as far as character development, except for a very uh, except for these very specific movies, you know, like Ant-Man, mm-hmm. right? Ant-Man is a very small, low stakes, very self-contained uh, movie. 
even though it tangentially reaches out to some others along the way, Thor Ragnarok is also kind of that way. But it, when you watched Infinity War and you watched Endgame, they have all these balls in the air, so to speak. They have all these characters hanging out there and everybody's fighting for screen time. And it's like, oh, look, it's Mantis. And she's on screen for all of, you know, three minutes and 67 or three minutes and 47 seconds or whatever it is. Just some absurdly low amount of time. But they had to get her on the screen. You know, yeah. uh, Captain Marvel shows up at the end of Endgame, you know, just to save the day and all that other stuff. Um, you know, so I think we're going to see both. Because and they're going to keep putting these on Disney Plus because they want and need to retain subscribers. And, you know, between between the MCU and between Star Wars, all of the different Star Wars projects that are coming to Disney Plus, I think, you know, that the TV shows, the they lend themselves to more character development, because in this case, you had six hours instead of, you know, 110 minutes. You know, they had they had a, the, the full six hours that that they could that they could fill WandaVision, even though it was nine episodes, was still basically six hours. Right. Um, and so that's kind of the way it's going to go. And as long as Kevin Feige is in place and as long as they have this roadmap, you know, the movies and the shows are going to continue just to be these uh, stops in the journey as they get to wherever it is that they have the MCU going. You know, I'm looking at the the phase four movie schedule. So Black Widow is coming out soon. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Eternal. So excited for that. Oh, my God. That looks so good. Right. You know, so and Spider-Man. So that's four movies that are coming out this year, you know. And then in 2022, you're looking at Doctor Strange 2, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. So that's another four movies. Oh, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. So there are five movies for 2022 that are going to come out. And then, you know, in t- TV series and some of these, again, I'm looking at the, 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 uh, the list here on, on, so Loki's coming out. What if that's really not going to be plugged into the MCU, just no, like the comics just, aren't, yeah, right? That's, no. that's just one-offs and just cool stuff. You know, Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Secret Invasion. That right now, Secret Invasion right now they have as a TV show, not a theatrical release. Ironheart, oh, Armor Wars, and an untitled Wakanda series. Uh, oh, and I also just wanted to touch on this, and I yeah. mentioned this on Facebook. Speaking of Wakanda. Okay, so the Dora Milaje go to pick up Zemo, right? Yeah. And they say, oh, we're going to take him to the raft. Why would the Dora Milaje take Zemo to the raft? They're scrolls. Thought- I, I don't know. That's what, yeah. I thought no. the same thing too. Yeah. No. In, I, but in, like, in, in, <laughs> you know, in in the comics, they have they always have this habit of of keeping villains alive, whether it's at Arkham Asylum or wherever, <laughs> you know, because some other writer might want to use them down the road. But the Dora Milaje, as they have written them in the MCU, it would have been a hundred percent on brand <laughs> and in character if they had slit his throat on the spot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, I know I, I thought that too, and I was like, but you didn't see them fighting this time. They just came to grab him. So what's to say they they these weren't you know spies or scrolls or something? There there's something that they could they could throw in if they want to use because yes, I agree with you. And why wouldn't they take him back to Wakanda where they have this super adamantium prison 
Yes. And everything. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. And uh, by the way, I wanted to tell you this, and I think it's amazing that they've done this. Uh, I had to verify it. But they've had one director for both series, WandaVision and uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay. They, each of them had used one director. So you don't get multiple perspectives or, or mm-hmm. and ideolo- ideologies and whatever. Like, I think that's very impressive, and that's that's very intense on one director by the way yes. that's stupid and power like holy crap yeah so, um but yeah it's i i i think disney's messing around with formulas now uh, and they, they got a ton of stuff coming out i can't i can't hate on them i absolutely love them everything they do but like uh it's just the formula has been messed with like this you used to get these tv series that were like yeah, right. I don't have to watch it, but I can watch it. Like you had Agents of Shield, where you got like the BB, you got the C heroes and everything. Which I, I take about. Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider's not really a, a B or C, but you know they kind of played them off that way. And now they're playing with all the toys, and they're playing with them on Disney Plus, and they're playing with them in the movies. And so it, it's, I, I I worry that we're only going to see like the big battles in theater. And then the character development is going to be on Disney Plus. And it, that that might be a thing. And it, you know what? Maybe it works that way. And well, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I would I would hope that they would take a cue from how comics are written, you know, because, in, you know, the, the way comics are, you have all, you have the Avengers and you have the West Coast Avengers and the Great Lakes event. You have all these. You have the, the title, the team titles Avengers movies, by the way, we totally need a Great Lakes Avengers movie. <laughs> I will but, pay so much money to go see a Great Lake Avengers movie. You know, but but you have you have the team up titles, but then there's also Iron Man. Iron Man has his own adventures, and then you, Doctor Strange has his own title, and you know the Hulk has his own title, and you know when you get to the X Men, you know Wolverine has his own title. But uh, then there are the team ups, so maybe you will see the 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 uh, just the big battles. But just looking at the schedule, Black Widow, uh, no. Black Widow is set before, obviously before uh, Infinity War. Um, is it though? We, it, that's never been confirmed. She's alive. Doesn't matter. Multiverse baby. Well, I know, I know, but yes, I, I get what you're saying, but it was never. It's only been assumed. It was never confirmed. Well, that I've I've read an article that said that it takes place Did between it? Civil War and Infinity War. Oh, okay. Then you, I. I tip my but, hat to you, good sir. <laughs> but but uh, but Shang Chi that that could be a very self-contained title. Eternals is a team up uh, movie, but like Guardians of the Galaxy, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Who's teaming um, up with the Eternals? Well, the Eternals are a team. Oh, I know they're a team. I didn't know if it was a, like a, sorry, I thought you meant like one of one of the oh, bigs was teaming up with them. No, it, it's it's not an individual title. Okay. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the first yeah, Guardians yeah, of the yeah, Galaxy yeah, was yeah, not was not a team, but it it was introduced a team. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange two, you know, Thor four, Black Panther two, and Captain Marvel two. You know, those those could be those could have their own character development, and then you you know they might bring in one or two people. Um, you know, because supposedly Scarlet Witch is going to play into uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we'll see how that goes. Will Loki? It might. Um, so, so we'll see, I, but I, you know, well, I shouldn't say, you know, <laughs> I think they're going to, they're going to con- pursue both. They're mm. going to pursue both the, the movies 
and this the stuff on Disney Plus because that's where the money is. So um, based based on that that algorithm, the way you're talking about it, and then again, this is all us all uh, just like theorizing over here. Um, wouldn't it be better then for if instead of doing an X Men movie, they do an X Men series? So where you get that character development and you have the individual movies like Wolverine or Wolverine the X Men as a movie. Well, or what what they could do is they could set up because Disney's going to reboot the X Men. Yeah, there's too much money for them not to. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But re- remember, remember how they got to the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. There was the Hulk movie. There was the Thor movie. There yep. was Iron Man, and yeah. then they had the Avengers movie. So what's to stop them from coming out with a movie? I don't know. They're going to use Wolverine. Yep. Because Wolverine is historically the most popular of the X-Men, even before yep. Hugh Jackman, right? Yep. So they could have they could have another Wolverine movie. They could have again, pick your favorite. Uh they could have well, Deadpool. Oh, well, he's Dead- coming back. They're already doing a, a third movie. They're writing up something him for now. Right. But the the question with the Deadpool is, is Deadpool gonna in the MCU or is Deadpool are they gonna let Deadpool do just whatever the hell he wants? Because, you know, Ryan Reynolds is is great and uh, because that's just kind of what Deadpool does. I mean, yeah. I would like nothing more than to see Deadpool and Spider-Man team up in an MCU movie. Um, at least make, it, have at least have him make a cameo appearance sure. or like sp- have Spider-Man make a cameo appearance in a Deadpool movie, not the other way <laughs> around. Right, I think that right. would be great. Or, or have Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man appear in a Deadpool movie. Oh, my God, that would be fantastic. <laughs> But Disney, but, we're you know, looking for work. <laughs> but they could, you know, again, just just to throw yeah. some, they they could have a Wolverine movie. They could have a Cyclops and Jean Grey movie. They could have, um, they could have a, a, a just pick your favorite X Men. Um, they could have a Colossus movie, right? And then have a full X Men title, an X Men movie come out in the same way, and that just builds together. Uh, you know, and to then go you back to X Men versus the Avengers. That could be the big right there. That would be a great one. That'd be, oof. you know, but I, I read a, I read a, a, a review of the more, the new Mortal Kombat movie and that, you know, a, they were saying that some of the characters in the movie, unless you know, the video games, a lot of the characters there, they show up and they say a few lines and you know, that's it. Whereas the Mortal Kombat as a series might have benefited from, can you imagine a movie, a, a you know, 110 minute movie of, Sub-Zero versus Scorpion just have a, a complete origin story for Sub-Zero versus Scorpion. Have uh have a Liu Kang and Kung Lao origin movie and then have, you know, then have, you know, Raiden the Elder Gods or something like that and then you have Mortal Kombat. So then you don't have to dump all of this plot exposition and all of this stuff just out in a in a, you know, in a, in a 90 minute movie to begin I, with. I see what you're saying. I don't think a Mortal Kombat video game is in the same oh, ballpark as it's like it, it as the Avengers. It's but it's I, not, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's not. But they have that same depth of lore, not the same depth of lore, because you know Mortal Kombat just yeah. goes back to the 90s. But the Avengers go back to the, the 50s or 60s. But there, but there is a lot of lore behind Mortal Kombat, just as there is a lot of lore behind the X Men and the Avengers. Um, and maybe a lot of the exposition will come in the form of the TV shows. 
Maybe it'll come in the form of individual movies. You know, now they can't just make these things and they have to have a, a, a plan and a roadmap. But, you know, but the, like the original question is, are they which what I prefer? I like them both. Um, and I kind of hate to say that because, you know, uh, I really dislike being forced to pay a monthly fee or an annual fee uh, to watch a subscription service. <laughs> um, I've resisted that for so long. Um, I, I now you got Bad Batch coming up next. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> which is another well, whole can it, of worms. Yes. But, you know, when 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 CBS All Access launched, you know, the the, the reason anybody would ever subscribe to CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus, the only reason to subscribe to that was uh, for Star Trek Discovery. And I saw a lot of people. Be like, don't subscribe to CBS All Access because it's only going to encourage them. It's going to encourage all of these content makers to just go to this subscription-based uh, service because you know no one watches mm-hmm. cable anymore. No one wants to watch cable anymore. Well, now they've all got us between between Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, you know, CBS All Access, Paramount. You know, it, it's HBO Max, Hulu. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It, they're all individually finding ways to take money out of your pocket. Um, uh, but eventually you know, they'll get, they'll get together where you just collaborate them all together and you have one singular fee. Yeah. It's called cable. <laughs> ah, he got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, where we're going to go. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. That's, that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, I, you talk about us stopping us from going on tangents. I know. Uh, I, what I don't understand and, and sling is probably the closest uh, approximation of this is I called, you know, you subscribe to cable or, or satellite or wherever, and every year you got to play the game because all they do is ratchet up the price on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what would you give? Well, I, I know what I would give. Wouldn't you just like to have a model where you call up Xfinity or, you know, whomever, uh, DirecTV, whomever you have, and say, look, I watch 50 channels. And what do I need to do to get the ESPNs? the discovery networks, this and that, you know, just give mm. me the 50 channels that I watch because you have all of that spread out and bundled into this 250 channel package. And I don't watch 200 of them. You know, I don't need to watch all of these business news channels. I don't watch the home shopping channels. I don't watch the Jesus channels. I don't watch all of this other stuff. Give me the 50 channels that I want. But now, you know, because of the way everybody's cutting the cord, that's what they're doing. You have yep. Disney plus, you have discovery plus you have Netflix, you know, yep. uh, you can, now you can bundle Hulu and ESPN and Disney because they're all owned by the same people. Uh, you know, YouTube premium is always giving me ads about why I should get that, you know, so that's what it's becoming. And if, if you, if you subscribe to all of that, you're going to pay pretty much what you pay for cable. But the nice thing about that is, you know, if you don't want to watch what's on Netflix, we just cancel your Netflix. Yeah, you're right. You know, or or you <laughs> or you join a commune <laughs> with the with the express purpose of hey, we don't commend that here on Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm just <laughs> gonna let you know we pay for everything that we buy. I everything that I own, I pay for. Anybody <laughs> listening to this, <clears throat> <laughs> just like you, David, right? You pay for everything, right? You do not do the communal things. Actually, I do. I, you know, at, at one point, <laughs> at one point, there were like thirty people with my uh, with my uh, uh, HBO Plus 
password. Don't worry, they... I'll edit this out, David. We won't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because because everybody <laughs> wanted to watch Game of Thrones, right? Oh my God. <laughs> we just used to go over. We I would go over to my mother in law's house. She had HBO. We would go over and watch it, which is it's really awkward watching. I, I can't tell you enough with my in laws watching like sex scenes in, in Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is like like huh, this isn't weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that awesome note, let's go ahead let's wrap up this episode. So, because <laughs> we went on one heck of a t- one last, let's overall very much enjoyed Captain, uh, Captain Falcon or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which it yes. ended at. That's what it called it. Well, uh, I, I think they should have ended it as Captain America and Bucky Barnes. Oh, that would have been so much better Be- because or- that was the progression. The, yeah. the, the the point of the Bucky arc is he's shedding he's shedding the, the identity winter. of the Winter Soldier. Oh, that would have been so much better. Ah, oh, that would have. This is why you need to go write for Disney. <laughs> uh, I'm for the call. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get it listening if they're listening to this podcast. And you're like, you know what? We listen to DNA all the time. <laughs> they're always on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you are listening to us on Audible or Apple, please, please, please rate and review. We need the reviews. Uh, We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like us and follow us at DNA Pod. We're on Twitter at NerdDNAPod. I am on Twitch at NerdDNAPodcast. And I'm on TikTok now at NerdDNAPod. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, Fox got me on to it. She's like, dude, you need to totally get it on it. You need to get on it. So I don't know what I'm going to do because I, I legitimately felt my age on there because I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and she's laughing at me. Like, there's there's just so many videos. I don't know. What am I What am I supposed to Am I supposed to be, like, doing the twerking? And then, like, I don't think anybody wants to see that. But, see, I, I, I know what you're talking about because I'm Gen X. Yeah. All of that, all of that other stuff that you just mentioned, I'm like, I don't use any of that. Dude. What the heck? Whatever. No. <laughs> uh, please, please, please. Like I said, um, anybody listening out there, please rate and review. Our, we definitely need the reviews uh, so we can help improve our the podcast. Um, as always, I'm Steve, and with me, David. David, as always, as my side host. Thank you for being on here. It's greatly Thank appreciated. Thank you for having me. <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone.